If you love our content, please subscribe to our Patreon. You can find the link in the description. I've been your host, Gene. Yeehaw! Welcome to Creative Block. <laughs> We're your host, Gene. And V. We interview people in the animation industry about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Joe Sparrow. Hello. Hey. Hello, Joe. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Hello. Hi, so I excited. You, I gave you the, the most American intro I could. Yes. <laughs> well, and you are the furthest thing from America. <laughs> I am. Yeah. You've had other non-Americans on your on your uh, your podcast before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah. had a handful. Yeah. 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 A couple. And that's always an interesting thing to ask about because um, it's it's not super common that people work in animation in other countries, but it's totally a viable thing to do. Like it's totally something that can happen. And uh, so we love to talk to people that are working remotely and how they kind of got in. And you're one of those people. Mm, I am. Uh, so tell us who you are, what you do, and where you live. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm Joe Sparrow. I uh, am. I describe myself as a as a as an artist, a writer. Uh, I work in animation and design for animation primarily, and I also write and draw comics on, yeah. on the side. Yeah, I kind of do. I I hop from one to the other. I'm I've tended to find the last few years it's been kind of long stints of animation work for the money. Yeah. And then because I don't really, well, I I don't want to, you know, I'm not being completely dismissive of it, but like I I, I make less money from comics. Oh, and it's, totally. Yeah. So I I sort of take a break from animation work every, usually every every couple of years at this rate, uh, to uh to make one of those. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's that's my rhythm at the moment. Yeah, comics uh don't pay well at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> until you get like yeah. a movie deal or something, it's like that's. I mean, that's the goal. That's like something I'd actually, I would really. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. To, yeah. Maybe one day. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I do. Yeah. Like friends of mine have pitched um, animated series and stuff like that. And I kind of like the idea of doing like a comic first and then having that to sort of pitch to, to animation. Sure. Animation studios and stuff like that. Just because I, I feel like if I'd, you know, at that point. I'd have a product that I'd say like, "Hey, look, look at this. This is working." It would maybe skip some of the steps in the pitching. Process. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it think, also just yeah. I think it, it helps. helps like figuring out the characters so much. Like, uh, just like yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you work, uh, Joe, but I feel like when I draw, it helps me a lot understanding quite a, kind of what the story is about and kind of like what the, mm. I don't know how you kind of approach writing in that sense, but kind of like skipping ahead. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I I find with writing and drawing, I, it's like, a, it's always a back and mm. forth pro process. So like, I'll, I'll usually come up with ideas kind of in the abstract as, as like writing ideas, as like ideas for stories and stuff like that um but then and then at some point i'll have to bite the bullet and attempt to actually like render that mm. into artwork um and usually the process of doing that will lead to more ideas which you you can then kind of go back into the writing and develop a little bit and it's just like sort of hopping from one to the other that's for comics and, and stuff anyway like right. i feel like i can't uh i can't speak on mm. kind of writing for animation uh as as much because i haven't done like nearly as much of, of, of that yeah 
comics and animation are two very different things yeah. that ver like intertwine very easily. And so um, mm. I find it interesting that like how many comic artists have kind of come over or how many people working in animation have come yeah. from comics because it's a lot of the same like principles and stuff. I think we have gotten ahead of ourselves. Maybe we should, maybe we should take it. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's go back to your, to your childhood, okay, yeah. uh, but more like, kind of like, uh, let's see kind of what your, um, your journey was, you know, in terms of like, uh, did you always know you wanted to get into art kind of what was your relationship to drawing growing up and how did you kind of pursue it kind of throughout school and, uh, and kind of all the way to college uh yeah so i've always had a pretty strong or you know like i've always i've drawn for a, a long time like since i was like a, a kid i guess uh i so my dad uh, like both of my parents are pretty pretty artistic so i'm definitely one of those oh, okay. people who i didn't have to like sort of persuade my parents that, that this was like a sort of viable thing for me to do like at all yeah uh, which is really cool mm. like uh, i appreciate a lot of a lot of people have that and it's like you know it, it can be kind of troublesome uh but yeah uh my dad was actually my dad in particular was a was like a storyboard artist or, or he's he's like an amazing just draftsman in general um oh. but in like the 80s and 90s he really he he got in with some like studios in in london uh and worked on yeah just like storyboarding uh a lot mm. of sort of commercial animation like um tv sort of adverts and stuff like that sure, mostly. Yeah uh so seeing that he was like it, it was like i could see him doing that and see him making a living from that and it was like oh so th that's that's a completely viable way of oh. making a living you know mm -hmm. uh so yeah that's that's always been a thing oh somebody's drawing the arm i'm drawing it. the <laughs> yeah it's just a branch yeah that's all it is <laughs> david lynch you madman <laughs> yeah um i'm just yeah, i saw that prompt and i was like what's the art because i haven't really watched twin peaks i mean i i guess i have in the background but uh i just don't remember what that was and it's like it's just a branch yeah <laughs> it's like a bun like bu like bubble gum on it like <laughs> anyway. exactly <laughs> anyway uh yeah i love people's prompts i i i it helps me because like i don't know i already draw all day for a living and so then like seeing what people want us to draw it's like i never i would never think to draw the arm from from twin peaks right and so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i appreciate it. shout out to our fans i haven't even got it yeah i haven't even gotten that far into twin peaks so i'm just gonna copy what you guys are drawing yeah, it's just it's just a branch <laughs> but anyway sorry yeah we <laughs> we keep yeah, getting yeah, yeah. we keep so going of course you were talking about uh your dad and like you saw him like um uh drawing like storyboards for like commercial animation that's really cool um, yeah, that, that that's like super helpful to have. I, I also am lucky enough to have like artistic ish parents, even though neither of them are like visual artists, but they're mm. like musically inclined. And so um, they knew the struggles, but they also knew that it's fulfilling. And so they were always like, it's it's nice to have that kind of parental support. And it, it probably isn't that common um, mm. to have. And it's I think like especially with the American TV industry, like not a lot of people know how to get in not a lot of people think it's even mm -hmm. a viable career yeah. um mm. and so i'm curious like also how it was like in the uk and like what your parents kind of perceived as like the successful track for an artist if that makes sense uh yeah uh so obviously my dad my dad was pretty 
I think he, he's generally the kind of he's always been the kind of person who's just been encouraging me of kind of any anything creative really uh so i think he he he'd be happy with me doing like anything as long as i, I was kind of happy and creatively fulfilled and stuff which is really awesome yeah um that's really sweet uh my my mom was like kind of kind of the same like she was always really happy like kind of whatever i was doing uh artistically but i think sp specifically with her i remember i think because they they both came from kind of more I want to say working class backgrounds mm -hmm. um and they were both like my mom i think uh, i don't know like, I, I think she wanted a bit more kind of like legitimacy to it like i i just have this thing where i remember her really wanting me to be an architect for some reason okay. or, like just because i used to i used to really enjoy drawing um or just like enjoy geometry and really like precise little you know I like can drawings see that yeah for, for that kind of thing <laughs> um so yeah that might make sense it know. does but, um but it is also kind of a architecture. I feel like is one of those like, like a normal, a non-artist can comprehend that as a career. It's like the closest thing to That's a lot so of people. That's so true. You know, it's like yeah. when when you yeah, yeah. like I definitely know I have family friends that like. Uh, their kids wanted to get into art, and they're like, "Well, then you're gonna get into architecture." <laughs> it's like that's right. that's the yeah. path. Yeah. <laughs> you want to make a paycheck? That's the path. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, I think there's something as well about it, like. The, the idea of like permanence with with architecture as well like because obviously animation and cartoons and comics and stuff i mean i guess comics you get like physical they're, they're physical media at least but i think with animation they're they're kind of it's it's like ephemeral right whereas if you're definitely the notion of designing a building is like something that's going to be there for like 20 years I think, 30 years really really long time potentially i also think like uh i also think like the reality is that architecture is kind of like higher art kind of way you know what i'm mm. saying like like whereas like yeah. uh comics and animation is like low art kind of <laughs> i yeah. think there's like a lot of that at least in europe is kind of how we see it it's like oh you're you like you know architecture maybe one day you'll get to draw the sydney opera building or whatever which is like no <laughs> yeah. this is not how architecture works but i don't know there's like no. a, this perception of like yeah <laughs> um it's so funny yeah mm. Yeah, wait, yeah, and so you were talking about like, yeah, your mom was like thinking architecture for you. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Just like I said, because I, I've always, like, enjoyed more kind of precise drawing, to the kind of to my detriment sometimes because I feel like sometimes I need to. Or it's been a bit of a struggle to kind of learn relaxing about drawing oh, a little yeah, bit, sure. over, especially over the last few years. Um. Like I feel like I am. I'm kind of getting it, but it's been. Yeah, like I said, it's definitely been like a struggle to kind of figure that out. Um, and I do feel like my, like the art that I produce is getting, it tends to get better the more kind of chilled out I am about it. So that is like a good thing for me to, to bear in mind, I think. Uh, elaborate on what you mean by that. Like, you mean sort of just like drawing for yourself more? Um, I think it's like drawing without caring overly about the about the outcome or about the quality of the outcome okay. um because i think i'm definitely somebody who gets like paralyzed sometimes with like the potential of like oh god what if i draw this thing and it just doesn't work oh out? And, absolutely and, like, yeah which which is by no means you know that's no, by no means unique to just me yeah, yeah yeah um yeah. but like uh it's something that i feel quite strongly a lot of the time like a lot um, of people do yeah um and it is yeah like i said like sometimes it's like it's the it's kind of exemplified by that classic social media thing of like 
sometimes you'll have have this piece of art that you've like sweated over for like hours and hours and hours and you've put like tons of effort into it and you've redrawn it a ton ton of times and and it like and, and it just doesn't like well you know people people like it but it doesn't like light people on fire yeah you know? like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't like whereas sometimes just like the little napkin drawing that yeah. you draw sometimes just has like some magic to it and i think it's it's kind of that like that's that's like the two ends of that spectrum but i think it's good to be able to like get a bit of both of those i guess i think a lot of people feel that way i, I yeah the, it's tough and and i also think that like i, I thought you're going to mention the the way that social media like you know people are always showing their best stuff and acting like it's not the best stuff and so it's like that that mm. just adds to the paralyzing of like oh i don't know i have a real hard time with um posting sketches and like rough drawings i don't know about you but yeah that's that's a big part of it there's been i've i've been trying to sort of do uh do that a lot more uh over the last couple of years especially um and it's heartening like i now that i've gotten a uh like a little bit more of an audience like i literally in, in the last like two years mm-hmm. i feel like I've, I've built up a bit more of a sort of an audience on social media mm-hmm. um and it's always really heartening when people do respond positively to that kind of work so it's like yeah it it, it is it, it's helpful it's like people do want to see people don't always want to just see your your best your like most perfect work sometimes they do want to throw see your little throwaway sketches or whatever, yeah you know yeah it's really funny like i i love seeing behind the scenes stuff and people's sketches and doodles and rough work and I absolutely hate showing mine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it, I, and I know people would want to see it. Like I, but I just, I'm like, it's yeah, it's totally like a fear. Uh, mm. I, I went to the. Uh, this is a tangent, but I, I went to uh, the LA Contemporary Museum of Art recently, only because they have a Yoshitomo Nara exhibit right now, mm. and uh, it was awesome. Like I don't really like contemporary art, and most of that mm. museum was the snooze fest to me, but. Mm. Uh, there had a whole floor of Yoshitomo Nara and like it was nice because for me it was like this dude just draws the same like angry squishy girl <laughs> yeah and like yeah. And, and like has made a fucking career out of it but that aside I mean it was be- they're beautiful paintings and they're huge too it's one of those things where you don't realize how big they are um mm. but uh it's all appealing but also like they had a lot of like his sketches and rough work where it's just literally like a shitty piece of canvas that he like drew on with a paint marker. And it's like kind of beautiful, like in a very expressive, like truly artistic way. And I'm like, man, I got to just like draw more. I don't know. It was like I like came out of it really inspired because I, I have those same hang ups and going through that museum was like, oh, man, like, yeah, maybe I should just like let go a little bit and not worry about like the commercialism of of like, what am I putting out there? How will people perceive it? And how is it going to make me money? Like we've, we've definitely been I feel like, kind of warped by that. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Also like, um, I, I feel that a little bit less in the US, but when I was in France, I feel like there's um, a lot of like, I don't know, expectations or at least in college of out of drawings, right? Like, or like that people would be more likely to like, like critique, uh, like, oh, here's all the things that are wrong with your drawing. And it kind of, it can make it kind of harder to just mm. like, uh, be like, Hey, I'm just going to have fun and not care about anything. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. Automatic drawing has yeah. been something that's always been kind of like a lifesaver for me, like automatic drawing and uh, life drawing. Cause those are like, cause then like the expectations for those mm-hmm. are like much lower, I guess. Like life drawing is like, Oh, there's like something right in front of my face that I can just draw and not really think too hard about. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, totally. I, I actually think 
I think from my perspective, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what you guys, because uh, I guess uh, V, yep. you went to mm -hmm. you went to university in France, or you went in in the US, right? Because and and Jean, presumably you went in yeah, the US, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. uh, in like so the 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 university I went to, it, I did mm. like a sort of combined animation illustration course. Oh, that's cool. And uh, and it was it's really it was it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I do I feel like some of the way those mm -hmm. at least the the place I went to kind of does critique uh it, it's 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 a tricky one because it's like I think part of part of your like uni experience for as an artist I think should be kind of you should be going there and getting all of your preconceptions kind of broken right. down a little mm -hmm. bit because you, I think you do need to be broken down to then build up something interesting with your art a, a little bit but I do think that yes. environment maybe fostered a slightly overcritical sort of brain when I'm looking at my own art, possibly, uh, or it contributed to that. I'm not. I'm not like blaming it on that like solely. I think yeah. I, you know, I have plenty of other sort of neuroses and stuff about my own drawing that are that are separate from that. But I think we were like really pushed to sort of have the best. I think particularly with ideas more than like the quality of the drawing necessarily. It was always like no that that idea isn't strong enough you need to come up with a better idea from that and we would like board stuff like animations and board them and board them and board them like over and over again and every week you'd be coming in trying to show to your your uh your tutor you know and and trying to like trying to trying to sell them on these ideas that you're coming up with and it would just be it would be really disheartening um sorry I'd, i've made that sound really miserable but like it, it wasn't that no, bad thanks. it's just like something no. that i've you know. No, but I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think that's something that I, I, I do like enjoy talking about not to like wallow and be like, oh, like my life was so hard, but just to be like, I think it's a reality, right? It's like a reality that like, depending on the way people will critique art, it can inspire you or it can like, um, what's the word? Just it, it can make your it kind of it can break your spirits a little bit you know what mm. i'm saying like yeah. and some people like depending on your personality some for some people it can like light a fire under your butt but for mm. some other people it can just kind of break you and just be like well i guess i like i like give up right and i i mean i relate to kind of what you're saying because i do feel like for me going to school in france it like it, I at least I I um it felt very harsh like the like the critique were were good like they were mm. it was there to help me grow more but they were also like really harsh and it's kind of like it kind of makes you feel like you're not good enough but like but then it's like, also I I think it's maybe a culture thing because mm. when I moved to the us and like hang out with people out here like the i i find the spirit to be a lot more like uh nurturing like the critiques are more right. nurturing like kind of like in the idea of like making you grow more of like more than breaking you and hmm. i don't know if you've read luke healy's uh americana but i think he kind of touches a little bit on that in the hmm. there's a page where he says like oh i i feel more uh like or uh, how do you, does he write it i i feel like less critical of myself or something like that and mm -hmm. that really resonated with me so i don't know if that's something that you 
I don't know if I'm going on a tangent or if that's relatable or, you know. No, no. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, that's, I think that's the one comic of his that I haven't read, but I, I think I've, I, I know, I, I think I know what you're describing. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I, one thing that always stuck in my mind that, that, that makes me laugh now is that would, I, cause, uh, obviously university is always kind of stressful and so people would like, uh, some, sometimes people would complain at the sort of how strict the crits were and sometimes they would like in hindsight maybe sometimes they would maybe mm. cross the line and be a be a bit nasty i don't know oh i'm i'm sorry I'm, i really don't mean to shit talk my old my old university oh but we love it um, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's not so much about the university it's more like i would say like maybe like a culture thing i guess you know what i'm saying yeah yeah um yeah but they one of the ways that, that i think that what i remember one of the teachers saying like Oh, if you can't handle this, you're never going to be able to make it out in in the real, you know, in, in the industry. And mm-hmm. for all, and and I've never, I I don't know, maybe it, I maybe I've just had like a particularly privileged kind of run through the through the sort of this industry. But uh, I, people are so much nicer yeah, yeah, yeah. outside of university, and like yeah, really not, like people people want to give you the kind of the benefit of the doubt with your ideas and stuff like that. I've never, I, I'm sure that yeah, like that's probably a lot to do with the quality of like the the people that i've worked with and, and stuff like that and i have been incredibly lucky to, to work with some very very nice people yeah um, it could be a generation thing as well i don't know yeah, if, like no, sometimes maybe. i think about it like you know maybe like 20 years ago the animation biz was just like way harsher i guess mm. uh, yeah well there's yeah, that think... sort of like gatekeeping i don't know yeah there it's the mentality of like you better man up and, <laughs> in. and it's like yeah yeah and i think that's fallen away because people just i have learned empathy a little more a little more <laughs> I think so yeah I, I agree yeah uh and that's good it is good. That's a good thing. Uh, what were some of your like? <laughs> who knew, who knew that empathy is a good thing? Um, what's some of your like earliest uh, creative projects in like uni or uh, around that time that you can remember? Uh, so uni. So I I graduated in 2010, which is 11 years ago, which is crazy. That was um, the year that I graduated. Oh wow! Oh nice. Uh, yeah, I I feel like a lot of the people I'm making making friends with, um, like in a, a lot of people are. Graduated around that time that I, that I know it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the the course was an illustration animation course. It was three years, uh, like a what? Do, do you have BAs like Bachelor? Yeah, of the yeah, arts? yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, sorry, I'd, I'm never sure what sort of carries over into no, that's education fine. stuff. Um, but uh, I got really so I went there with like some enthusiasm for well, with with a lot of enthusiasm, like wanting to draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I specifically wanted to do an animation or a course mm-hmm. that had animation on it because I wanted to do comics and mm-hmm. I understood that like storyboards were kind of close to comics. Right. Um, and I knew that it, I, I figured if I did like a, a course with some animation sort of part to it, uh, it would it would improve my comics. So that, that was what I went there to do. And then I ended up kind of falling in love with animation m- more so even than just uh, storyboarding, like making stuff move. Uh, however, it... I got really, I feel like in the second and third year, I got really stuck in a kind of like, in that like trap for sort of burgeoning artists of like, how, like, what style do I draw in? Like, how do I draw? Ah, uh, like, yes. The style. Know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it was a rough, uh, mm-hmm. a rough one. And um, so in my third, well, in my second and third year, I, I ended up doing a ton of like, I kind of became like a stop motion animator 
like so cool more or i did or i ended up kind of doing a bunch of stop motion projects yeah um and i i've never been it's kind of weird because i've never been uh very good with like practical media like <laughs> making making stuff like i could never do like woodwork or anything like that when i was when i was a kid so what i would do is i would find there, there were like other people in my in my animation class who were really good at that kind of stuff so i would basically get them to make make these uh yeah like make practical elements like little figurines or whatever and then i would just do the animation side of it and comping and stuff like that wow. um and that is so cool and that allowed me to just get away like i kind of just put away the problem for, for a bit just not to think <laughs> about uh, drawing at all um uh mm. so i think there's, there's, there's maybe like one or two of those projects still about on vimeo i remember everyone was using vimeo at, at the time so that's that's kind of where they've all ended up mm -hmm. uh i'm trying to think of anything and then yeah and then i ended up just doing like after uni i did kind of a lot of compositing stuff so like after effects sort of stuff for for ages oh, which wow. is really okay. weird now uh and then at some point i just sort of decided that i really wanted like i i kind of reminded myself like oh yeah i did this because i enjoy drawing because like mm -hmm. when i was a kid i would like drawing uh so i i made after after a few years i sort of made a con concerted effort to actually take drawings that take take jobs that involved me drawing more and got more comfortable mm. with it that way does that make sense yeah yeah mm. so you took a serious uh break away from art and then came back to it well like yeah drawing specifically yeah mm -hmm. um but it was good it honestly it allowed me to um I think it allowed me to kind of live in London. It was the thing that allowed me to, to sort of right. pay my way in London, which is like an, an expensive city to live sure. in. Sure. Um, I I'm not I'm not as convinced, basically because I I I learned After Effects really well, and I like to the extent where I could kind of do a lot of different roles. Like I kind of functioned like a generalist, and I think that meant that mm -hmm. I got work really easily or like qu quite consistently, quite soon after uni. Um, is it like commercial work? Yeah, yeah. So all like after I after I left uni, it was all like commercials and music videos almost exclusively. Okay, um, that's still cool though. That's still that's like amazing. creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Um, and it paid the bills. So and it pays great. the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Did it? Did it kind of like? Did you have enough like, uh, time to yourself to kind of like uh maybe think about ideas or like drawing comics or or were you just kind of still in that phase of like ah I can't touch that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no. So after, uh, yeah, after a, a couple of years of doing that, I think in, in 2011, uh, we're, like we've been going to like comics conventions quite a lot in, mm. um, in the UK. Um, mostly there's one that's kind of the, it's, it's like this, the San Diego kind of Comic-Con kind of, uh, of, of, of comic cons in the UK. It's called MCM. I don't, I'm not sure of what MCM actually stands for, but like, it's just called the MCM uh, London. They Actually, they do them all over. They do them in Manchester and Birmingham, like all the major cities. Mm -hmm. uh, and we always used to go to those because, you know, it's just like a mm -hmm. fun thing to do sure. when, we were, uh, when we were at uni. Uh, and I would always go to the artist alley and there was that, there was just that feeling of like looking at what the people there were doing and just thinking to, kind of thinking to myself, like, I could, I, I should I should really do this. I should really like make make like mm -hmm. a little a little comic just for myself and sell it at one of these tables. Um, and then uh, I went through a period of like 
can't remember what it was that got me onto it. I think it was maybe playing Cave Story. I think I played Cave Ooh, Story. Hell yeah. you, know that, you know that game? Oh, do mm-hmm. I know Cave Story? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, really yeah. good. It's so hard, though. It's yeah. It is very difficult. <laughs> maybe yeah. if you're not amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like me. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you played um, Cave Story. I will say... Yeah, I never, I, I never played that. Uh, I never finished the final, like the hell. Yeah, like, I, uh, I uh, committed and I did finish <laughs> hell. I do yeah. not, I do not uh, brag uh, without purpose. I, right. I put the time <laughs> oh in. Oh my on that god! Button. It's yeah, Cave, Cave Story is sick. I, I, I really think it's like a little work of art. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. all produced by like one guy. Yeah, right? one, one like, dude. I remember, Pixel. I can't remember what. Uh, yeah, that's Dice it. KMI, I think his name is. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I played that and I like basically got into doing like kind of pixel art but like specifically pixel art inspired by by the way he does oh, okay uh stuff in that game because like i feel like people there's a lot of people who get into pixel art who get into it in like i want to say there's like the metal slug <laughs> pixel art yes. and yeah. there's like the the cave story pixel art yes like, <laughs> cave story cave story i really appreciate because it used it used a lot of these like big flat kind of yeah. colors mm-hmm. and like the bright sort of flat colors was like the name it's very of the game. chunky Where, yeah yeah which i really really like yeah. um and uh, don't get me wrong i, I love metal slug with with all my heart but it's it's very very it's very different it's like I, f- I feel like most of the stuff i saw over the years was like going more in the metal slug direction it was like uh more more detail you know metal more slug is harder direction. to approach mm-hmm. i think it's like it, it's like uh you have to have a real mastery over over pixel art to like yeah to do to pull off that look like those people are nuts but cave story it's just like yeah it feels more like um i guess i guess simple but definitely expressive like it's just big like you said big blocks of color yeah and that felt like that i don't know it felt kind of doable to mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. um so i so yeah, I I got really into doing pixel art stuff, and and this was like I I this was after a few years after uni, like um I started using DeviantArt like properly for the first time, and I started putting this up and the stuff on DeviantArt, and then on Tumblr a little while after that, mm-hmm. um, and the so I and I did like my first comic, basically it was like a printed comic um with a couple of stories in it, and they were both in pixel art, but it was like printed pixel art. And it was, in, in hindsight, it's a really weird idea, but I think it kind of, uh, mm. it the, the the strangeness of like seeing the kind of crunchy pixels on the page, yeah. like, you know, kind of caught people's eye. Um, and then that, that kind of got me back into the drawing um, more, I feel like. Because um, I, for some reason, just thinking about stuff in pixels um i think it's because it's like it puts a constraint on the kind of things that you can do like you can only do certain types of lines yes. so you can you can do like sort of diagonals really easily you can do like straight lines really easily but then to do like not quite diagonal not quite straight lines you have to do like really odd kind of arrangements and stuff like that so it was like it was like a fun little puzzle to work out how how drawings could be made like that um and for some reason having to think having to puzzle that out made me stop worrying about the style as much and this this i feel like from that point onward the kind of air quotes style stuff yeah kind of started to happen a lot more easily i know what you mean it's uh it's like working within limitation always breeds creativity and i like mm. i i believe in it so wholeheartedly and i've learned that 
like personally, I end up doing better work when I have a lot of yeah. limitations and sometimes I have to put them on myself and then I'm like, oh, well, if I can only use these two colors, mm -hmm. then I have to be creative with my use of them or if I can, right. yeah, yeah. you know, or even like, like I'm drawing this little rock, chibi rock Lee and it's like, man, if all I got is like a big head and like small limbs, it's like, you got to make the most of that. Like, and, and uh, sprites and pixel art is so great for that because yeah you you're forced into a, a style i guess which and so it's really helpful mm. and plus like uh yeah i like i love how you can get a lot out of a little with pixel art like um mm. you can like imply a texture with just like a few well-placed pixels i don't know it's it's really yeah yeah fascinating it's it's totally yeah yeah no i completely agree and i think that gave me an appreciation for that kind of stuff like is am i right in thinking is chiaroscuro is that i'm gonna google that chiaroscuro is like um the, the uh, art of like shading oh interesting and like and all that okay maybe it's that I, it's the thing where like you it, it's difficult to draw noses human noses from the front on because obviously the the, the length of and depth of them kind of yeah gets lost lost in that um so trying to draw an, an, a nose on a, on a human is like you kind of have to come up with tricks to do it and i think that there's it's it's like trying to yeah if, if you're trying to draw a nose on like a pixel character that's like 20 mm -hmm. pixels tall or something <laughs> like that you really have to like think about like okay what and, and it sometimes isn't the the like the place that you would think like the the way you know sometimes you would think like oh you just draw like a little you know like a little nose shape like like you would in a normal like in a regular size drawing but that doesn't work so you have to resort to some kind of weird arrangement of pixels that if you if you stop to think about it it's like wow that looks really weird but then when you're looking at it in the context of the image from the correct distance and stuff it kind of starts to you know it, it just works for some reason you just yeah you see the nose but... you know what's fascinating is like have you seen those comparisons of how um games on like Super Nintendo and Nintendo looked on CRT TVs. Yes. Oh, it's so fascinating. Because yeah. it's like everyone, when when a lot of stuff gets emulated, they always give it, you know, the crisp, like, pixel treatment and mm -hmm. everything's HD. But, like, they weren't meant. I didn't, I just kind of learned about this. The, you know, I really, like, learned about it uh, earlier this year. And seeing those comparisons, I was like, oh, they were supposed to be seen blurry mm -hmm. and stretched out slightly mm -hmm. and this and that. And it's like got it okay and that's why it looks a little weird the way i've been playing it on emulators for all these years but like now i understand the the, the appeal of a crt tv mm. uh, yeah and talking yeah like colors and stuff is like famous examples like the mm. the link to the past link with the like where his in-game sprite has like like a weird purple yeah like purple hair that that, that doesn't exist on any of the other official art um just because of color limitations or whatever I, I can't remember the exact story behind it but yeah stuff like that um and sometimes those decisions end up becoming like really uh kind of iconic design decisions that stick with things totally yeah there was um a youtube video essay that i was watching i think it's uh new frame plus um mm. i think his name's dan floyd but uh he yeah he like he's he did a video about the animation in final fantasy one and mm. how that talk about bare bones like it was interesting because it's like they have like f i don't know five six po like each uh, fighter or character class has like six sprites mm -hmm. and they just alternate mm. and they like reused the magic for the celebration pose and mm -hmm. it's like yeah all that stuff is like so interesting like and again it's like 
they had all those limitations so they had to be smart and all of those designs ended up becoming iconic because mm -hmm. they had to be iconic to so, to make sense in that tiny of a sprite you know so it, yeah like you get you get strong design choices out of it yes definitely i did a the, another thing that i picked up at uni that i kind of made use of just in my role as a generalist was that i picked up some 3d animation as well or 3d animation software i think it was 3ds 3d studio max um which meant that i could do that like a little bit on some jobs uh like i was never like as good at it as like the specialists on it um but i but i could kind of dip my toe in it if if needs be um and uh one of the jobs where that i did with that was like some like an animation that was going to be the each frame of the animation was going to be 3d printed mm -hmm. um oh, wow. and that was really that was really really fun like it was like a little sort of model i think it was a guy with a pickaxe kind mm -hmm. of just swinging a pickaxe and it was just going to be a loop and i had i had this like we, we just had this really fun back and forth with like the production and the people that were, pay the pe were paying for it like budgeting it and stuff because they could literally only afford to like get a certain number of of 3d models printed um mm -hmm. so like within the budget that they had mm. so i had to animate like I, I had to really pick and choose like which frames of the animation were like important if you know what i mean like that that sort of frame budget thing was really was really fun uh and you get that kind of stuff as well with um mm -hmm. you know like i mean video games in general but fighting games have it a lot obviously because like certain attacks have to like this to be a fair attack this has to last you know x many yep. frames so that means you have x many frames in which to to sort of to fill to fill that up um so yeah uh how did you first get into working in to tv animation uh for tv animation so um i've been really lucky in that like a lot of the people who i went to university with have gone on to have, have gone on mm -hmm. to sort of get into that kind of stuff and i feel like kind of the way i've done this is by writing on their coattails um so i went to the same university it, it, it's called kingston in the south oh, yeah. of it's just to the southwest of london it's like a little bit outside london which mm -hmm. is quite nice um and a guy a couple a couple of years above me there was matt lazell uh oh, yeah. who moved to la and i think he, he like co-created apple and onion with uh george gendy and mm -hmm. uh has since i think he's and battle kitty yeah. yeah he's been working on, on battle kitty which I, I was lucky enough to be able to do some um some work on, oh cool which is really, which that is, is really so awesome. cool i'm really like i i don't know like because I, I did some very very uh minimal sort of vis dev stuff really early on uh and i i i've i got to see a little bit more of it since then but i haven't seen yeah i'm, I'm very eager for it to all come out because i want to see how it looks when it's all finished um yeah it but, looks amazing uh, but yeah so he uh i like he was when he was in the uk i got some jobs with with him like I, I actually worked on like the very there was like a a really early pilot of apple and onion that i ended up doing a bit of animation on in cartoon network in london which was like this is years ago like 2014 or, or thereabouts um and then also and then i think the next one was another guy from that same university he was from the year below me a guy called james lancet um who's all who also works as like an animation director who's been I, I worked on like a, a show pilot for for him that he was pitching mm. to I think Disney at the time, um, and that was really cool. I did I did backgrounds in that and and a little bit more uh, viz dev as well, and then um, Amphibia has been like my my first actual like 
full series that I've that I've worked on. Um, like, so I don't want to, I don't want to like <laughs> claim any more experience than I actually have. Like, I'm actually, I, I feel like I'm still relatively like green to this whole to like TV animation. Um, but we were lucky enough to get like three seasons uh, out of out of Amphibia. So like that's mm. that's been like more or less three years worth of work. Like not all all together, but like for the, the last three or so years, I've been working on it, which has been amazing um, for like a first. <laughs> for a first proper job yeah that's really interesting because i feel like i've known your art for such a long time like i feel like i've followed you since like the tumblr days and i guess mm. i thought like you were just kind of yeah i guess you were doing comics at the time because i remember buying like your no no uh, how do you pronounce it no bro no yeah. Yeah, no, no bro. bro yeah 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 uh yeah no i think i've been i feel like i've been on yeah, just like pottering around <laughs> social media for like for for ages, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I guess I think what would it have been like? Yeah, I posted I posted a lot of comics online um, on Tumblr, and then I had the tarot card set. I mm -hmm. feel like that was where like a lot of people found out about me from was when I started uploading those tarot cards. Like I designed my own tarot deck. It's so good. I, I, it took me a long time to finally get it. Cause I think I got your second print and I was like, oh, those cards are so good. You, those are actually, you modeled them not after the right of weight, right? You, or was it after the right of weight or like the um, one from Crawley? A bit of, a bit of both. Like, honestly, okay. like they, um, honestly, I, I modeled like bits and pieces of stuff. I like, I was really opportunistic basically like with, with any kind <laughs> of, um, with any kind of stuff relating like with that stuff with magic and or like divination and things like that it's not it's not something that i sort of buy into uh on a literal level at all so yeah. I, i'm not like mm -hmm. and, and i don't think people should be precious too precious about the symbols i think it's like important that kind of the symbology kind of mm -hmm. changes mm -hmm. um but i but i'm i'm very like i'm very capable of just mining the existing symbols like kind of as and when I liked. So if there was if there was like a card that I really like in the in the right of weight that I felt really like oh, I I want to draw mm -hmm. that for mine, then I I would just do that. Um, and if it's some, but sometimes, but again with that, like that was such a nice project because I again I I gave myself the restriction mm -hmm. of like the format, right. the brush that I was using, and like each one had to have like I think like between like mm -hmm. six six and ten colors or something like that. Yeah. And other than that, it was like kind of. It, it, I would just like do one in an evening you mm -hmm. know like it, it was just like super super quick I wouldn't overthink it so sometimes for a card I would just draw something that like an image that kind of came to my head at that time and then that, that just becomes the image and I think that's that's really cool too so it's it's like a mixture of traditional and not traditional I guess that's really cool how long have you been doing tarot like uh before you um I so I got, I mean, I've been buying decks forever just because I really like decks of cards. I, I also like buying like, <laughs> nice regular decks of cards as well. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, like, I really like card magic. Um, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not like good, good at it at all. But like, I, there's like a couple of, there's a couple of very like easy, but impressive tricks that I know, uh, oh. which, is, which, which are kind of fun to pull out occasionally. 
Um, or uh, sorry, not to like big myself up too much, but they're, they're like impressive in that like <laughs> they if I do them, they reliably make people go like, "Whoa, that's amazing!" I would be thing, then... I'd be stunned. I promise you. I yeah, I <laughs> hope that we get to meet in real life because yeah. I want to see those tricks so bad. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I love sleight okay. of hand. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's like such a good such a good it's like an art it's it's great do you know um, about um, it really is yeah do you, do you I, know I about do, uh oh go ahead sorry, sorry no i was just gonna say i do think magic like sleight of hand like type magic is very much related to animation in the way that it is mm. like a stage type of performance so That's really it is entertainment yeah, yeah. and it is also a an art form where you have to manipulate your audience attention in order to entertain yep, them. Exactly. So it is, uh, I don't know. I, I just like, um, I don't know if you've seen that documentary, it's called an honest man. And it's about this, uh, what's his name? Let me just Google it really fast. It's so interesting. Uh, he's a magician who, uh, is kind of like a life purpose on top of like being an extraordinary magician. Uh, he was always kind of debunking people who pretended to have like ESP or like, you know, cause he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ran James Randi. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. James Randi. Yeah. 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 The, the documentary was so cool. Cause he's like really, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, an honest um, liar. That's what it is. Yeah. An honest liar. Oh man. Okay. I almost got that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah. He's awesome. And he kind of, kind of, he explains that a little tiny bit that he's like, yeah, magic is like, like magic is not good, but what's the word? It's just like the, the power of it is like in the, in the awe, I guess, more it's in like the, the presentation, less about the, cause I think he says I might be wrong, but I think it was more about like, the way I remember it is that it's like, it, it's not real. Like magic isn't real. Like yeah. that's not the fun part about it. Yes. It's the fact that somebody could study this and become good enough at it to make you think that it is. Oh, like that's the part. Wait, that I think he said that like the audience trusts the magician to kind of impress them or like there's like something that deals with trust which i thought was like really really insightful uh, yeah. it's like you're suspending your disbelief in order to be entertained you're not suspending your disbelief in order to be taken advantage of i think that's kind of like the whole that's cool idea and i was like oh that's so cool because that's kind of i think to some extent it's kind of like one of the um uh, i guess what's the word uh, uh, responsibility we have when we make entertainment animation that's really yeah. interesting i never yeah i would have never connected the two but i can see it because it's like animation so much of it is you know 24 drawings a second moving fast people believe that it's real <laughs> and then mm. and form fandoms and so like <laughs> you know and have and have opinions about characters and it's like mm -hmm. yeah but the, it's all an illusion like it's just it's not none yeah. of it's real uh, yeah maybe, yeah uh, none of the characters are real none of the drawings are actually real uh like well the drawing itself is real yeah. but it, it doesn't represent like anything that's real so there's like there's kind of like this uh pact that you're making anyway yeah. huge tangent just really excited that you're into magic magic <laughs> school you're the first yeah, i think you're the first like uh magician on the show yes I, well, I, yeah, I would. I don't know if I'd self-describe as a magician. Ah, you're a magician. But, you know. I'm. I'm assigning um, you that title, because um, because we haven't had anybody else who does that, as far as I know. Actually, I don't know. Okay. Um, that's really cool. You've done a lot of stuff. It, it's 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 amazing yeah. to see how many interests you have. I really love the animations you do about the um the the Buddhist. What are they called? Um, 
Oh, like martial arts kind of stuff, or, or, or the Cohen. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I like had to research it after you did your last like animated one because I was like, what mm. is this? And <laughs> what does this mean? I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, because I'm stupid. <laughs> I don't. I have zero zen. But I like. <laughs> I had to look it up, and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. The the idea mm. that like each one is just like there is no logic, <laughs> there is no reason. You mm. have to just let go. Um, yeah. I find that really interesting. Are you? And, uh, would you say you're big into spirituality, uh, Joe? Is this something that you're like kind of? Um, I don't. Not really. Like, it's not something I would lead with if I if 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 some if I was to meet somebody new and they would ask me like, oh, what are you you know what are you into? It's not one of the things that I would say. I'm, uh, I'm sort of, yeah. That that is like a big part of my life. Um, I think I like some very it's it's the same way i like mm. i like anime right right um and I, and I could i could probably go up to somebody and say like hey i'm i'm joe sparrow i'm an anime fan but that that feels like a little bit because because i like certain <laughs> anime <laughs> there are certain anime that i like um that i think are really really great and there's a lot of like dross out there um in the same way with kind of new agey spiritualism stuff there's a there's a lot of stuff that i'm just mm. like it, it just doesn't really interest me that much Tarot is one of the things that does. I'm honestly, I'm I'm interested in kind of mm -hmm. just like religious stuff, uh, like quite a lot in in general, um, as well. But there's there's plenty of, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other spiritual things. Uh, yeah, and the the Zen Cohen's thing, I got that from like, there's a book called uh, Gödel Escher Bach, which I would I would recommend like i i always recommend like you you'll find like fans of this book and they always <laughs> i don't know they're always really weird um it's like this book, this book by a guy called douglas hofstadter who's like talking about like how the the drawings of escher and the music of bach are kind of so you know what is you know what's oh, so sorry. funny sorry i just got really excited because my dad actually got our local library when we lived in a like little town in france uh the town was so small that we had to go to like a bigger town like um next door to like kind of like mm. go to a library and he got the librarian to order this book that you're talking about the good old oh. it's so funny it's like i think maybe yeah. have we talked about it on twitter before i think i I, might have I think we have we might have like yeah. tweeted about it like like a little bit maybe i already tweeted the story at you it's so yeah. funny it's such a specific it's book cool. and it like because it, it's like i don't know my dad will keep talking like he still talks about it now and he like probably got this book like i don't know 20 years ago and mm. it makes a big impression on people because it does like kind of mm. link those three different disciplines together and yeah um but yeah, and and all the sort of, I mean, there's there's lots of stuff in there. It's all really cool. Uh, lots of like really esoteric math stuff that I, I can't quite fully get my head around. But it, I I sort of understand the broad strokes of it. I think, right. and it's 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 quite interesting. Uh, I also like Bach as as like as as a musician musician as well. But also in this book, that there's like a big part of the book is the idea of paradox, and of things that don't of like that don't make sense and can't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I feel like and he uses a lot of zen koans as kind of illustrative metaphors and stuff in it that that are about that and th and that's where i got into like koans um mm -hmm. from really from that um and there's there's like a few books there's like a few collected um books of them and i 
I made so I made that animation of one of them. There's oh, what's it called? Um, Gute's finger. That's it. Uh, about like a monk, uh, or uh, about uh, a, a monk that gets his finger cut off. And they're they're like hilarious as well. They're really funny. Yeah, they're really absurd. They're like they're they're like really good jokes. And maybe there's it's possible that like people who are like take them super super seriously would would maybe see that may, maybe me saying that is disrespectful but i i do think the humor for me is like a a, a sort of an important part of them seems like um, it seems like they're intended to be uh i mean lighthearted at least i don't know yeah um so yeah i i really like them and i i find them quite inspiring in terms of um you know wanting to make comics about them and animations about them and stuff I think it's just cool that you gave it like this. It's like a, a whole separate world almost. Like it's not it, the the way that you present these characters. It's really it's really cool. Mm. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. What kind of like visual inspirations do you pull from? Because you have obviously tons of stuff that you are influenced by, but um, you have such a specific look to your art where it's very like volumetric. I don't know. Uh, is there anything that comes to mind that like you really were inspired by earlier on? Um, I mean, we were talking. <laughs> I, I have mentioned it on Twitter before, and and it was one of the prompts. Uh, Naruto is yeah. like one of the things that informs that. Mm -hmm. There's like so Kishimoto's stuff, uh, and also one of his one of his assistants on Naruto, who who went on to draw his own comic later on, which is also really good. Mm -hmm. Um, he he just draws these creatures that mm -hmm. are like. He, yeah he just draws these things that look like plastic toys yeah and i've always i've always really really liked that um who else is there's a couple of other things there's uh we were talking about final fantasy before so final mm -hmm. fantasy 9 um okay my mum bought me this book of like like the art book of final fantasy 9 when i was when i was a kid um just because i thought i'd I literally, I, I think I thought it was like a game guide kind of thing. Oh, sure. There, there were those like Prima or Primo or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, game guides that you get. Um, and I think I thought it was one of those. Um, but it but it isn't. It's just like an art book. And it's just got all of the, it's got the, the lovely uh, Amano um, drawings. Mm -hmm. But I was kind of more into the turnarounds of the characters and the swords. And like the even the way that like the chests look. Because it, it was the first time I realized like, okay if they're gonna make a 3d game and like the script says there is okay there's a room with a big chest in it like y somebody has to like figure out how this chest looks yeah, you know? and, yeah. and and i think that game is fantastic as well because it, it, it they managed to impart like every um every item almost in the game with mm. like character um they're like these chunky kind of cartoony objects that sort of convey so much about the people that use them oh and yeah and stuff um, definitely so that's that's another one I'm trying to think of another one i really like, i feel like kaiba has had a, a big oh that um, i can see for sure as well um yeah i so that's like kaiba i it's hard to search for online because it's k-a-i-b-a -A, which is which is also the name of one of the characters from fucking, Yu -Gi -Oh, so fucking seto kaiba yeah <laughs> <laughs> has, has yeah. buried the you... search results if you put in um, Yuasa's name with it, yeah. Kaiba Yuasa, it's yeah. easy to find. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I found it. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it's so it's it's a, a series, an anime series that came out. Uh, just for anyone who who doesn't know, it's uh, by this director called Masaki Yuasa, um, who has like he's another one of those people who I I sort of strive to emulate a little bit with the with the more relaxed kind of approach mm -hmm. to art because 
especially if you see him now if you follow him on, on twitter you see he like um he just posts these like crazy little gifts that he's clearly just like doodled in like the space of like 30 mm-hmm, seconds or something mm-hmm. like that you know what i mean like he's very he's very free with his designs but uh kyber in, in particular is my favorite series of his partially because it's like kind mm-hmm. of melancholy sci-fi mm-hmm. um it's very unique. Uh, which i'm i'm just i, I love <laughs> melancholy sci-fi stuff um and partially because it, it just has this like chubby kind of it kind of makes me think of like mm-hmm. I, I, like vinyl toys is yeah what I, yeah yeah what i i like to sort of think of it as um i can see every, that like everything's made of this like pillowy marshmallowy substance i love that that, mm-hmm. that, that yeah look. Would you say Tezuka maybe a little bit also? Would, are you like a yeah, Tezuka? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, not like I I haven't read as, as much of his stuff as I ought to have. Although I could say that for like most people, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, what what have I? So I really I I do remember liking Metropolis a lot. You know the um oh, the yeah. film mm. uh, that I don't know if I I don't think he was involved in it personally, was he? But like I don't think so. But it it definitely like oozes his influence. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he like yeah, because the manga. I think they st- they they stayed pretty close to the manga. Right. Okay. Yeah. But like I can't because I don't know when he died. I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty sure he died before it. I think so. Out. I'll do some research. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one really like that one really stuck with me because it's like. I, it's really visually striking because it's got the the kind of simple kind of chunky kind of like i want to say chibi but it's like not not in the kind of kawaii kind of huge eyes kind of chibi that you would maybe you would associate with the word but it's like they, they kind of have like these chunky kind of dwarf child bodies mm-hmm. um very like thick very limbs like, yeah 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 and big hands and feet mm-hmm. and stuff um but then and that and and the the designs are quite simple but then they also have like this incredibly detailed kind of uh like machinery that they can kind of you know like that they're standing against and that they can kind of break apart into because obviously it involves a lot of cyborgs kind of getting sort of shot apart mm-hmm. and stuff like that kind of this akira kind of yeah akira level of of like mm-hmm. detail yeah um he uh and... died like 12 years ago <laughs> he, he was okay. not in, he was not involved in the movie at all right um but yeah, that so that one um, that one sticks with me as as like an influence. Uh, what's another one? Like I I think I read, is it called Do- Dororo? Oh yeah, Do- Dororo. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah. The samurai, the samurai yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. The samurai with with like um, and I really I really like that um, that story just as like a setup for a story because um, it's like this kid that as, when he was a baby his his like he basically got sacrificed to like appease a bunch of demons mm-hmm. like yep. you know like a hundred demons and like each part of his body as a baby is like given to the demons so he's literally by the end of it he's just like i think he's just like a torso yeah yeah, yeah. It's, quite, it's like it's kind of gruesome he's like missing all his organs it's like total yeah. fairy tale yeah. fantasy because it's ridiculous but but yeah yeah but i yeah i read that uh collected edition it was it's interesting because like a lot of um manga especially from further back like it doesn't end like it doesn't have an ending and mm. i wonder if that's a jet more of a japanese thing because i think a lot of japanese media doesn't seem to worry about an ending it's just like mm. it's uh and i wonder if it's just because the storytelling styles are just kind of different going further back you know 
and um and my western brain is like where's the three-act structure i need an ending <laughs> yeah. but like and i read dororo and i was like this doesn't really end but why should it you know it's just <laughs> yeah. like continuing story of this guy like he's searching for his, his I mean, pieces i would say it's also like maybe like the pre-publication nature of it it was just kind of like That's he true. was just drawing so much manga it's so insane it really was that it's like he was mm, just like yeah. published in a couple different i think he was published in a couple different magazines and it's just like you know just draw it cash in the check draw the next one and it's like if you yeah series get canceled or he's probably at a stage too where you know it's like eh, if i don't want to finish it i don't have to kind of thing probably mm. yeah i just got sick <laughs> of it <laughs> i've done enough uh having that kind of, having that kind of uh awareness is good. um i think that those are all awesome info i i like i love hearing that kind of stuff because i i love kind of piecing together where people's uh influences come from and like mm. um that's really cool uh we love to ask how our guests deal with creative block and what it kind mm. of feels like for you and how you cope with it and etc mm -hmm. um so yeah it's a it's i i think it's not so much well for me it's it's not it, it's not often that I feel super like blocked in that like I feel like I I don't there's 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 nothing I kind of want to work on if that makes sense I don't know if this might not end up being super helpful but like <laughs> if you bear, bear with me it's like um I because I, I've you know I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I read or look at that I'm kind of inspired by in one way or another so I, I tend to I tend to not like not really run out of things to things to draw my my main problem is like getting too like sort of stressed or, or like angry about about my drawings like it's that <laughs> stuff i was talking about earlier about like kind of putting too much pressure on myself to sort of to to produce something good mm -hmm. and that can that can kind of i get i guess that's how i get blocked up is like specifically it's like i just feel like i get really anxious and and angry and scared of of drawing um and like that is something I've I've been trying to. I think I'm getting better and better at, at dealing with it. Um, for for me, I think I've realized over the last few years that in in order to get into like, you know, people talk about like flow, yeah, like getting into like a, a flow state mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. I find it feels it it feels really good when I get into that kind of into that sort of state. And also I tend to make much better work whenever I get into that kind of state. Um, so I've kind of identified that like, if I'm not in that state, I need to get there before I'm gonna, before I can start drawing again, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I get really frustrated with my drawings, I literally try and do, or with, with anything really, I make it a priority to do stuff that, that, that I know kind of is satisfying or makes me happy mm -hmm. so in in terms of in terms of drawing um i think i spoke about this on twitter at some point i because i do i go out and i do like drawing on on mm -hmm. kind of location a lot uh just like taking a sketchbook out and i really like cross hatching like, mm -hmm. which is which is something that it, it's funny because if you look at like you know my the, the stuff i do for amphibia or the stuff i do a lot of the finished stuff that i do is is quite like simple lines and mm -hmm. uh you you know like there's there's not a lot of kind of hatching or detail to it or anything yeah, like that yeah um but i find it really satisfying like this like 
I think I got it off of like reading Crumb when I was when I was uh, younger, yeah, yeah. you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's you know, I, obviously he he's a, an artist with his own. <laughs> that that's his, it's all it's it's whole all own other thing. Um, but I but I just really enjoyed that kind of stuff, like fi- like figuring out volume with, with cross hatching is really. Nice. I agree. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I just I do I just do that. Um, like I'll just pick an object in my house or or go out on a walk and just do that and kind of just like lose myself in it and try and get kind of in a in a better mood before mm-hmm. I go back to the drawing if that makes sense and I and like forgiving forgiving yourself for not being able to sort of do the right do the, do the drawing the way you want it to is another one like kind of accepting that that not every not every drawing is going to be like a mm-hmm. like a success right but that but that even the unsuccessful ones are kind of like steps on the way to a successful one if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah that's that's really great yeah i love that i love that a lot it's actually great advice i yeah it's really good yeah so yeah just like because I, I yeah there's, there's just a, it's easy to just think like you know if you can't draw a certain thing it's just easy to get really like bummed out because it's like oh it just feels like yeah. a failure but it's like no no that was just like an attempt and the next time you draw it it's going to be informed by the things that you learned by doing totally. this kind of failed attempt if that makes sense yeah yeah my my part of the reason why i don't like to show my like rough drawings is because uh my sketchbook when i'm trying i only really doodle when i'm trying to develop like new characters or concepts and mm-hmm. uh my sketchbook pages are just the same face or the same design over yeah. and over and over again and it's like uh-huh and they're small, like I do these tiny little thumbnail sized uh, drawings of characters. It's almost like sprites, you know, like I, I just, like we were talking about pixel art. It's like I, I want to force myself to have a, uh, a design work when it's really small. And mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, nobody can decipher this. <laughs> like nobody will be able to look at this page and, and understand it. But uh, that's it's just continuous failure. It's like mm. it's like aggressive, continuous <laughs> failure to, to work through all of the, the mistakes. Cause I, mm-hmm. it's like when I was a kid, I would do one character drawing and I would nail it, and then I would never <laughs> be able to draw it the same way again, and that yeah. sucked. You know, like I I realized that that is not a healthy way to to do it, and so now I just like shit it out as many times as I can to like mm-hmm. form. I don't know if this makes sense, but it's like I gotta form the character in my head through all those little throwaway drawings and not commit to only one nicely drawn uh you know version of them yeah uh, yeah some, totally. somebody might totally. relate to that i don't know we have a ton of awesome questions Ooh. from cool. our friend at ferocia what are some challenges you faced being an artist overseas working for u.s studios not like surprisingly few like i was kind of so i've done i think i've previously also hi ferocia, um, <laughs> hi, ferocia. the my colleague from amphibia um yeah i so when I when I started the amphibia or just before I started amphibia, so like I did uh, probably familiar process to to, mo- to most sort of freelance artists. I did like a little art test, and they were like, "Yeah, this looks cool. We'd like to like to get you get you on the show." Um, there was a period of time where I was like, it was like honestly discussed like, is he going to have to like move to LA? Like, am I am I going to have to do that? Uh, and I I sort of explored it as an option a lot um, and yeah uh basically due to a number of factors decided to remain in the, in the uk mm-hmm. 
and it's been and I, I was definitely like went into it with some trepidation but it honestly has been pretty smooth we had a system on amphibia where i would do like i think they, they would have art reviews on tuesdays and thursdays um so i would basically have to i, I would give them i would give my my sort of production uh so that the person i was corresponding in, with in production um uh, a zip uh like or a rar you know like a sort of yeah. compressed mm -hmm. folder of files every tuesday and every thursday um we and like and it would come back with 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 feedback so it's one thing i felt bad felt a bit guilty about this this is one thing okay so like one thing i feel bad about is that i wasn't uh around because I, I think they would do these you know they would do these art reviews in person in in a you know like with with people there uh and i never really involved myself in that um it was always like stuff would get reviewed and then they would just send stuff back to me with notes right uh, and i'm aware that's a bit different from the kind of the norm um but I, I kind of i kind of liked it that way but i do feel like if i was a bit braver like if i was there in person i think it would have made me a bit braver to just like be in a room with people and actually like have to show my work and hear people's feedback and stuff because i think I, I get a little bit sort of cowardly about that kind of stuff um and um, i feel and i always suck that i wasn't able to see the pitching as well yeah because that's something i'm i'm like so i know that this <laughs> is the subject of some discourse recently with like storyboard artists but like yep. storyboard artists are um like literally amaze me uh like the the fact that you have to like you you have to draw so quickly and so well and also kind of perform in front of people as well yeah is it's, um it's is crazy too much <laughs> yeah the performance aspect is like yeah that's definitely something that like was when i moved because when i was working in france i never had to pitch until i moved to the us and it was so scary because everyone's so mm. good like i don't mm -hmm. know americans are just good at performing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think so it's in the culture it is in the culture i mean there's like it show is. and tell there are like so yeah. many things that's like built into school mm -hmm. where like there's yeah. a lot of room for people to uh uh try it out like try it out and fail in like a safe setting before you get mm. into like professional life i think so it's like mm. yeah that's interesting that's a I, yeah. I would have never known that that's a, like a difference from culture to culture uh, yeah yeah show and tell is a very american thing i don't know maybe i don't know do you guys do show and tell in the no, uk i mean we would have to do little they would make us do you know sort of class presentations and stuff like that uh show and tell specifically i don't think is a thing in the uk at least where i went to school um but and there were mm -hmm. there were there were definitely people that like excelled at that kind of stuff i just happened to not be not be one of them is uh, there like spelling bees I guess there must be. Okay. I think it's it's less of a thing than in America. Like it's less. There's a lot of things that yeah. are kind of within the mythology of America. Yeah, that's this, true. This is some. Yes. This is some. Yeah. I don't think I. I don't think I ever did a spelling bee. Even like stuff like mathletes or anything, anything where people are on the stage performing some kind of talent, I think is mm. way more American. Like like because you can have any sort of talent that you can do on stage yeah. like like mathletes it's like who who does like equations mm. on a yeah. stage yeah. american everything's a sport <laughs> we turn math into a sport yeah. Yeah. it's really interesting <laughs> uh, um but it's it's really cool it's really interesting yeah so yeah performing yeah like pitching yeah. pitching and uh but that's kind of like i feel like that's a skill that i don't know once you you practice a little bit it's it's 
you, yeah no you don't you don't have to be an actual actor you oh, don't no, have no. to be like hollywood yeah. Uh, yeah. i think no i just I think, <laughs> I, I think it was something that i i in my heart of hearts i'd like to be able to do and i feel like if i was around other people doing it as proficiently as they clearly were in on on the production of amphibia i think it would have i'd like to think it would rub off on me a little bit if you know what i mean yeah um oh 100 percent, yeah but um and also as well i should say the 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 social aspects uh gave obviously gave me a lot of fomo that and that is like Mm. not inconsequential as well um the 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 crew were like such nice people on amphibia particularly um yeah and I think, and and we were obviously, especially during the pandemic, because obviously everything changed yeah. uh, then. Uh, we all sort of started using this, the the work Slack a lot more, and the work Slack's been amazing for for that. Mm. Um, but like, but yeah, if they were doing like IRL meetups and stuff, I would I would like you know I was I I sort of feel like oh it would, it would be so nice to be yeah. to be uh, to be there. Um, in LA but I was able to go there once which was which was cool I went there in 2019 in the summer literally only for a couple of days unfortunately but um uh I did get to sort of meet most of the people at least who were working on season two uh in person so that was really nice and we've done like you know we've done the odd group call and 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 stuff uh this year but definitely it's 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 mm-hmm. different um being on the other side of but but work work wise it's been completely fine like the the people i I feel like the people in production have been like kind of amazing at making all that kind of Mm -hmm. flow seamlessly like despite not being in the same time zone or anything like that yeah i was gonna um, say about the time zone that's that's a tricky thing do you by any Mm. chance like have any uh like people that you have like a like a, a workshop type of setting or like i mean pre-pandemic obviously or like like co-workers like like do you or do you just oh. work at home by yourself i am a complete homebody i've like mm-hmm. i've worked uh, yeah from from home for the most part um i was so when i was doing freelance animation or, or just freelance work in in london i uh i would go i would like commute to specific studios in london so there was there's a few in like the hoxton area that i would that i would go to that's like where most of them that i do seem to be so i would like travel up there um and yeah i and i i miss that and i'm probably gonna have to you know now that i'm looking for i'm sort of looking for work again at the moment um i will hopefully i mean once the pandemic eases up i'll be able to do some of that again but honestly working from home just being alone by myself the, the the whole day it doesn't really negatively mm. affect me that much um which has been great for the last for the last year obviously that it hasn't i don't think it's made me like too mm. insane uh sort yeah. of working from home this much yeah um we have another question from at c dobbins what are some of the most important things to keep in mind when designing characters is there anything you think is frequently overlooked but essential mm, um I think, I mean, so it's not, I mean, I don't think this is overlooked necessarily. It's like stuff that other character designers would probably say as well. Uh, but it's like silhouette um, is, is like a really kind of important thing, I think, with characters or it, it's, it's a really, it's a, you know, different, different projects will have different language, different visual languages and different things that you can do with the characters. But I really, I personally really like it when 
characters are like super distinct from each other um silhouette wise um but i appreciate in in a lot of shows it, you are limited by that because they might only be able to like you know you might need all the characters to be a certain size so they can f you know fit in a certain space or they might have like a lot of shows now are doing kind of semi-rigged um 2d animation which is a bit more restrictive in terms of that kind of stuff um i tend to think about color like very early on in the process that was something that weird weirded me out actually when i started doing um the when i started doing work on sort of american productions uh like when i was mm -hmm. doing so i did that the mm -hmm. one episode on adventure time <laughs> which i can which now means i can say oh i worked on adventure Time. Hell yeah great. um uh which was the minecraft episode and they basically got me into like um to kind of figure out they got me in initially to do some viz dev to to sort of figure out how to mesh the minecraft style with the adventure time style and they they like what i did so they they got me in to do some like actual character design work on it as well um and they were they were like i i didn't realize that um, like kind of that kind of work you as a character design you tend to just do the line work the black and white oh line yeah work, you don't tend to give them colors because i basically i gave them just like colored character designs for like all of the characters for that um for that episode that i had mm. to do yeah and they were like oh no don't you you don't have to do that like we have we have like colored color stylists and stuff here uh i was like oh shit <laughs> um so that's been something that's been a like it's it's been it's a little bit weirder than my usual I, I feel like if i'm just designing characters by myself i almost like sketch so them interesting. Out. i have a tendency to sketch them out in blobs of color before i sometimes before i even do like line work on them um just because i feel like that's like just the way i i guess partially just because it's fun just because sure like, yeah oh, you can see the, the little red hair and they've got a blue vest on and you know whatever um but it's just the way i visually approach things i think is that is that like something that um you kind of had to unlearn because usually there is a color mm. stylist you know and so like yeah but yeah i mean i can see if you have the ownership of a character you would probably want to have a suggestion of color so is that something that yeah you, you were told not to I do did. yeah no no it was never i was never told uh i couldn't do it i was um uh some for some characters i would literally i would like I would have kind of an idea of what I wanted the colors or what I, what I imagined the colors to be in my head. So I would, I would, in addition to giving them the sort of the line work, I would do like a little, a color suggestion, just like, this is what I think sure. could, could work with this. But after, after a while, especially after I'd see like the kind of, like the amazing work that our color stylist did on, um, on Amphibia, um, which is a show that has some like really, really cool yeah, yeah, work yeah. on it. Um, I think, I, I would only do that if I had like a really mm -hmm. specific thing in mind and also only as a suggestion. I would never be like, okay, mm -hmm. this has to be like this because I, I'm aware that like color stylists have a lot of um, kind of considerations to be making other than just what looks pretty to me. Like, you know, stuff has to fit yep. within yeah. with other characters. It has to fit on a certain background palette, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, yeah, it, that so that was something, uh, it was a little bit weird, like, there's certainly designs that I've done where I would draw them in black and you know draw draw them in outline, and then like you know add color to them and realize and the, the adding color would reveal a bunch of like issues with the design uh. that I would then have to go and rework. Uh, so 
and that and that still happens you know it still would happen occasionally but like i had to learn my way around that a little bit yeah um, just thinking about stuff in terms of lines and and whatnot yeah at gamer dude 5002 <laughs> asked uh hello joe sparrow just want to say i'm a huge fan and you're super talented and deserve the award for the halloween episode the shut-in it's very nice uh and their question is what was your biggest motivator or motivation that got you to where you are today uh what's the biggest motivation um uh i'm not sure how to that it's, it's a really good question but i'm not sure how yeah to it's a it's it. a um, it's a doozy but i thought you know i there's yeah, no, that's like good. what is kind of what is kind of pushing you along and and this also might tie into the question we ask which is like what are your goals for the future oh, i yeah, think that's yeah, also yeah. a good mm -hmm. way to think of it um i think i obviously just like motivated by the idea of getting better at, at this um because i think in this it's like you know it is a negative thing with um with social media and stuff that you you're you get bombarded or if you if you seek them out you can get bombarded with just like all the cool stuff that other people are doing and you're i'm very aware of like the amazing stuff that my sort of colleagues and contemporaries and and, and stuff are are doing um and that can be kind of it can be negative but it can also be really positive and i i do it a lot of the stuff i see lately especially i think this this last year i have felt more inspired by like really inspired by a, a lot of the art that i've seen people making uh online mm -hmm. um and it has it's like you know when you look at stuff it does throw up kind of shortcomings in one's own uh art or, or just like the the way i'd like to be able to do stuff so it it makes me want to you know strive to do to do better like at the, at the moment i mean then yeah this will this will probably come up in the in that next section like you said but like mm -hmm. doing doing comics for example uh i've had it like some of the i think some of the reasons i i wanted to do comics in the first place were like these kind of long form sort of fantasy comics that i would read when i was a kid so i'd read um like Nausicaa is one that I always name check because no, no, I read Nausicaa mm, when mm -hmm. I was like kind of little and it r made a really strong impression on me. And I, I really want, like I read one volume and I was like, I really want to know what happens next in the story. I want to see where they go and like what they do and stuff. Um, and I really want to be able to do something like that. And I feel like I'm kind of working my way up to it in terms of the, like, cause I have tried mm -hmm. to write like longer comics before, like, you know, like I'm sure everyone has their go mm -hmm. at like, oh, I'm going to write my epic fantasy novel. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're like, when you're 18 yep. or, or 16 or whatever, um, and and it doesn't and it doesn't quite work, and then you get really disheartened. Um, so what I'm trying to, or you know, in my case anyway, um, and so I I feel like what I've been trying to do in in the last few years is is to try and write kind of just like a little bit longer and a little bit longer comics mm -hmm. and a little bit longer, just like keep keep sort of improving or you know increasing that one thing little by little um because there's there's a thing that i want to be able to do at the end of it which is like a multi-book series or something you know um so i guess that's that's something that motivates me to to do or that has motivated me to to sort of get where i am i guess the other th or another thing that's that has motivated me just on a practical level is that i enjoy it and that there's lots of like it sounds you know mushy but like there's a lot of really really nice people that that i get to work with and i get to interact with on a daily basis and that genuinely does that makes it worth worth it to me to to do this rather than to do 
I don't know, like some some other job. Uh, the people involved in this industry are, do tend to be really nice. So yeah, that's another thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really nice place to actually wrap it up. Mm. I, cool. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know much more because yeah, I think that's great. Mm. Um, I think uh, I think you can just plug your stuff, man. I want to I want to mm. hear where people I can plug find my you. Stuff. Sure. Uh, so I'm. I mean, if you one of <laughs> one of the issues with Amphibia is that there is now a character in Amphibia called Joe Yeah. So that's I'm I'm fighting with <laughs> with that that goddamn bird for Google, Google results. <laughs> but if you if you if you Google Joe Sparrow, you'll, you'll probably find me. Uh, if uh, my Twitter is at Torpordust, um, T O R P O R Dust, all one word. Um, I think I have. I'm the same on Instagram. That's another one. Where does that name come from? It's a it's a random magic card or not like a it's a it's a magic card that I just liked when I was mm. in uni and I thought it I don't know it's a bit like, it's like one of those cellar door kind of things it's like oh, I just like those two yes. words together like torpor dust um, torpor dust and it's it just means sleeping powder like torpor is like sort of stu it's like the same root as the oh. word stupor so it's like okay. fairy dust basically the card is and uh, yeah I just sort of picked it and ran with it um, and it's sort of stuck so those i'm pretty active on both of those um you can buy buy my book i guess i should plug my book uh yeah, yeah. Plug your book. Oh, I wrote, I wrote, the last comic that i wrote i'm writing another comic at the moment uh which should be out at some point next year um but you can buy my latest book from shortbox which is like an, an independent publisher based in the uk they they, they publish tons and tons of cool stuff um my book's called homunculus and if you go to shortbox.co.uk just again shortbox like all one word dot co uh you can you can buy it on there as well as many many other co comics um and also in a few days time in october shortbox is, is running uh like an an online comics fair i think is is what what they're calling it um where they've basically commissioned like 45 different sort of indie cartoonists to make a new to, to make a a new comic and there's like i say indie like some of them are like <laughs> Be, like you know can't really be labeled as indie they're like at, you know have, have published books with big publishers and stuff but um i've i've done a new comic for that and there's like i said there's going to be like 40 44 others in that uh so definitely check that out um i can't think of anything else to, to mm -hmm. plug very cool oh my my website is just joe-sparrow.com uh i don't update it i'm sure I feel like people always say this, but I don't update it as much as I should. But there's some there's some stuff on there. It's like it's a nice little repository for some of my favorite uh, illustrations that I've done. And also, if you're interested in seeing some of the like older animation work, like the more commercial and music video sort of animation, there's a bit of that on there as well. Um, and yeah, yeah. I was flipping through that uh, earlier, and uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff. It's like it's just cool to see all the different things that you've done over the years, and how mm -hmm. all of it has such a high bar. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't understand how you do it. Thank you. Um, I love uh, Homunculus too. I like. I a friend of mine lent it to me, and I read. I like burnt through it, and then I went and bought a copy of my own because it was great. Oh, it was it was an inspiration for one of my band's songs too. So. I, I love your band. I was listening to them. Oh, really? Oh, thank today. you. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. It's there's a song on the album that you'll probably know. <laughs> what it, it's it's okay. like post-apocalyptic robot shit. And so uh, homunculus was definitely. I was like, this is sad. <laughs> I was like, this is <laughs> fucked up. And I want to write a song about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, well, that's the end of this creative block. Thanks to Joe for being our guest and sharing his story. Uh, thank you so much for having me. 
And thanks to our listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Creative Block, Creative Without the Vowels, where we ask for drunk prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to my sister Clemens for editing the podcast. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, Gene. And I was V. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.